Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Uh, I thought, man, what, what should I talk about after Easter, after the resurrection of Jesus? And man, I was just directly led to the book of Acts because here's the truth. When Jesus died on that cross, the, the, the Bible says that the earth shook and the rock split. There was an earthquake and it says the veil of the curtain, the temple curtain was torn in two. Only the high priest could go beyond the veil. But now that the curtain was torn in two, we had direct access. Jesus is our bridge to God and we get to live in his grace, in his unmerited favor. So when Jesus rose again, grace got out. Things went crazy for the apostles as they were starting the early church. And I want to read a passage in Acts chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. I'll give you context for the whole story as we're going along in this sermon. But if you got your Bibles, come on. I told you my mission is to make your Bible uglier than mine before this year is over. Okay, highlight in it, write in it. I promise you it's going to bless you. Acts chapter 5, verses 38 to 42. I'm reading out of the NIV and it reads something like this. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, the person that was saying that was a Pharisee named Gamaliel. We'll talk about him later. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Verse 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. They re- <laughs> I, you just got a beating. They left the, the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. I love that. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, kind of like we're doing right now, They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Let me tell you something. As long as we got breath on our lungs till Jesus calls us home, we should never stop preaching the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Amen. If you're taking notes today, listen, preach with me, man. I don't care if I can't see you. I can see some of y'all on Zoom shout back at me leave yourself on mute but i'm just saying shout back at me shake a camera if you on on the the coolchurch.com or you on youtube or you on facebook i need you shouting back i need you typing in the com- i need a i need an amen pastor in the comment i listen the more y'all type i'll be seeing that stuff the more you type the more you shout the more you shake a camera the harder i'ma preach and the faster i'ma preach because you know, see, sometimes we, get, we can get stuck in the, in, the, in the 10 hour services. All right. I'm telling you, more you shout, faster I preach. I promise you it's going to be great. We're going to get out in time for brunch. It's going to be awesome. So if you take in notes today in this message after Easter, I've entitled it this grace gone wild. Oh man, grace gone wild. I'm so excited. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this day. 
this is the day that you have made God let us rejoice and be glad in it God I'm so thankful because before the earth began to spin on its axis you knew each and every person that would be hearing this message or seeing this message and engaging with this message today God I pray that I would lie down as you rise up don't let these words be my own but let them come directly from your throne room of grace open hearts minds and ears to be receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus God I pray before it's all said and done that somebody would understand that your grace got out and you did not hold it back and God we need a wild grace in our lives to do what you have called us to do I pray that before this is done somebody will accept Jesus in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen I know we already gave Jesus a shout of praise but we're gonna do it again on the count of three here we go one two three go Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm ready to preach. Hope you're ready to preach back. Well, grace gone wild. Um, I feel like the longer I live, the more my mother's words are true. And she said this since I was a kid, and I believe it now more than ever. And my mother in her Trinidadian accent, will always say to me and still says to me, Terry, we living in the last days. We living in the last days. She, st- she says this to me all the time. I'm like, Mom, you've been saying we've been living in the last days since I was born. I'm almost 40, and we've been living in the last days. But as I'm growing, as I'm getting older, now more than ever, I believe exactly what she says. And I know that this is not something that is just coming out of her spirit or her own brain or her own knowledge. This is something that the Bible has been shouting at us for centuries that Jesus is coming back. I will preach the grace of Jesus because his grace has gone wild. I will preach the truth of Jesus because it is the truth that sets you free. But we must always understand that we are living in constant anticipation for the return of Jesus. Family, do not get lax. Do, 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 Do not live your life in a coasting type of mode because I promise you, He's coming back like a thief in the night. He's coming back in the twinkling of an eye. We're not going to expect it. No man can ever foretell it. I don't care if people say I'm prophesying the coming of Jesus. They cannot prophesy it because no one but the Father knows when Jesus will return. So as believers, we must live ready like he's coming back at this very moment. And as my mother, as I hear those words... In my brain, constantly, Terry, the Lord Jesus is coming. We living in the last days. Man, there's stuff that I've seen that I'm like, yo, she's right. Like, I, like I really, truly believe it. I feel like the world has gone plumb crazy. I mean, you can could, you could watch the news. You see it for yourself. You, you don't need me to tell you all the madness that's going on in the world. But, like, people are wild. Like, now more than ever, especially about the things that they believe. People do things in the name of like art. People do things in the name of belief that is just straight up sheer and utter nonsense. 
And if you ask them why they do it, well, they say things like, well, it's because I believe or it's because it's my truth. It's not the truth, but it's my truth. So they do these things and they do things that are straight up crazy. I mean, we, we got people that fight for the most random things that make no sense. You see hate running rampant in the world, man. I don't know what happened in 2020, but I'm so thankful for it because a lot of haters got exposed in 2020 that we did not know ever existed. People are wilding out. They are crazy. They are acting up. And social media in itself, like my phone scares me. The things that I see on this thing are terrifying. I feel like just like you need a license to drive a car, minors should have a license for a phone because there are things on this thing that they just should not be even exposed to yet. It's not even hidden. You don't even need a password or a secret code to find it. It just pops up and I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Like, what did I just see? The exposure these days It's so crazy. The world is a madhouse. People will do things in the name of nonsense. And it's terrifying to me. The people, the energy that people put into stuff is beyond me. It's tiring. It's exhausting. And the truth is, as crazy as people are about the things that they will vouch for and the things that they will argue and the things that they believe and the things that they will do, I wish more Christians had that same energy about Jesus. Like, like people, people be real bold with their nonsense out here today. But believers, man, we, we sit back silent. Why? Because we're scared of the, of the status quo. We're scared about what people will think about us and say about us if we say the things that we believe. Meanwhile, we got a world of people running rampant talking about beliefs and things that, have, that are not based in truth, that have no real value, that do not help or aid with morality, do not help with the moral compass of society, but they want to push it just because they believe in it while Christians sit in the background knowing that we have the one thing that holds validity in eternity and we sit silent. I, I wish we would have that same energy that people have about the nonsense that they preach. And this is why I love the early church so much. There's a reason that the book of Acts is called Acts because it's a book about action. 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 The, the early disciples were men and women of action. They were not passive. As a matter of fact, they were crazy. When you, when you read the stuff that these people did, it, it's like, it's, it's really beyond, I'm like, nah, they didn't do that. That's, that's, that's why. Like we sit here in 2021, thousands of years after the resurrection, and like we scared to hold up our hands and worship. I don't want them to see me. I don't want them to see me raise my hands to worship Jesus in church. Sit down with that. I, I don't want, oh, oh, I did, a, I did my Jesus post for the week. Like, you scared to post about Jesus? People ain't scared to post about their nonsense. The early disciples, they were, they were insane. They, 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 like, it, it doesn't even make sense. They risked their lives to preach the good news. I mean, when you read about the exploits of these men, the crazy things that they did, they would literally stand up in front of crowds when they were supposed to. They would speak and 
thousands of people would get saved at one time. The early church was so crazy. Let me tell you something. Y'all be like, oh, I ain't giving my tithes and offerings. I got my last. I got to give FP&L theirs first, and I got to give the, 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 the sanitation theirs first, and I got to give Verizon theirs first. Let me tell you what the early church is. Some of y'all complaining about tithes. The early church, they took everything they had, they put it in one pot, and they divided it amongst the community so that they could take care of all the believers. That's crazy. And if you were too greedy, and you didn't want to do that, and you tried to sell some stuff, and they keep a little bit extra for yourself off the side one being honest about it then you would end up like Ananias and Sapphira and God would strike you down dead in the moment and people had to walk in and carry out your body because you were greedy and did not want to share with the believers God was not playing with people but these men were also so crazy when they wanted to help somebody they ain't offer them money they offer them power they would see people sitting there crippled folks and they would walk up to them and say silver and gold I do not have but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ you get up and walk and men would jump up and they would walk and they would run and they would follow them around and they would cheer on the name of Jesus the apostles were so crazy and so powerful that people from far and wide would bring demon possessed people to them they would bring people with all kinds of ailments and diseases to them and they would lay the people down just so the shadow of the apostles would pass over the people and the people would get healed that's not normal that is insane I pray for the day that my shadow is as powerful as Jesus was. I'm telling you, y'all need to understand, we cannot be passive. When they told them not to speak, they went back in the courts and spoke anyway. And the word of God was multiplied amongst people. And the early church grew at a pace that we have never seen since. I don't want to be the church of 2021 that are these passive aggressive punks that are too scared to proclaim the name of Jesus with power. You see the difference between them and us is that they didn't talk about Jesus. They demonstrated who he was with power. We cannot sit idly by while the world makes fun of us for what we believe and we're too scared to proclaim it i believe that often believers are too scared to express what they believe about jesus because they lack the power to back it up how i i, I want you to understand that the early apostles man they were some wild dudes but they had wild faith your, 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 your faith will determine the power that you walk in. And I just want to know, are there some believers out there that have the faith to see your shadow heal somebody? Are there, are there believers out there that have enough faith that say, I don't care what the repercussions are. I don't care what the penalties are. Nothing and no one is going to stop me from preaching about my Jesus. There's some wild faith. And their wild faith, it led to a wild grace that got out in spite of a law that tried to lock it up. The law hates grace and will do anything to stop grace religion does not like grace and will do anything that it can from stopping grace to get out and i want you to understand that the law will always have an issue 
with grace because grace goes wild while the law tries to control you. Three things I want you to understand about the law and grace and the first is this. The law is jealous of grace. The law is jealous of grace. Now, I already told you about the apostles and their exploits. And look at what happens in Acts chapter 5 after some of these exploits of the apostles. Acts 5 verses 17 through 18, it says. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy and they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Why did they arrest these men? This was right after literally people were bringing the sick and the demon possessed to the apostles and their shadows were passed by people and they were healed. The apostles were like celebrities, man. And it was, it was an issue for the Pharisees. So because they were jealous of the power that the apostles operated in, they said, we got to lock these men up. They messing with the status quo. They, they, they're not like us. They're, they're not operating in our religious piety. They have some power in some man's name that we killed on a cross uh, called Jesus. And they got the people in an uproar. They got the people acting crazy. So we got to lock these men up and put them in jail. The people followed the apostles because they followed not the person of the apostles, but the power of the apostles. And no, no one, because of the power of the apostles, no one wanted to seek out anymore these, these Pharisees, these, these men that walked in their own religious piety because they didn't have any power to offer. Here's what I want you to know and here's what I want you to understand. Power always triumphs over knowledge because power is not about what you know. Power is about who you know. You see, the Pharisees, they knew a lot but they didn't know the right person. They knew the right things, but they didn't know the right person. Who they knew and who they trusted were themselves, but the apostles, they were unschooled, ordinary men. So they might not have known a lot, but the one that they knew Jesus was enough to allow them to operate in power. And the law is jealous of grace because the law knows things, but it does not know who provides power. So it cannot operate in power and power will always triumph over knowledge because knowledge is about what you know and power is about who you know. But the law will always be jealous of grace because grace will always be able to accomplish what the law cannot. There's only a certain limitation. There's a limitation upon what the law can do that grace far surpasses once again because it does not operate in knowledge. It operates in power and the law will always tell you what you cannot do while grace will tell you what you can do. So the law will try to lock up grace because grace wants to set you free. So many people have been living in bondage to the law when grace has called them to freedom. Look at what Acts 5, 19 through 20 says. It says, so they lock them up. I love this. It says, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors to the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people about this new life. They get locked up. I mean, how aggravating is this? Like if you are a Pharisee, if you are a chief of priests, if you are the law, you lock somebody up. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's it. They're done with. They're in jail. 
The next morning you come back, they're not in the jail that you put them in. They're back in the same place they were in the beginning. An angel, an angel comes. Like grace is so about freedom that God sends an angel in the middle of the night to open the door and the apostles, they exit and they go back to doing what they are originally doing. The doors of the, of the prison get open. And I love this. The apostles waste no time. They're like, oh, the doors open? We out. We gone. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't staying here. I got, I got stuff to do. It just makes me laugh because, like, I got, <laughs> I got two dogs in my house, right? So one dog is named Tupac. He is my dog. He is saved, um, an American bully. And then I got a Shih Tzu, no, I did not cuss, named uh, Coco, who is 10 years old. It's my wife's dog. Coco is not saved. I've been trying for the last 11 years, but Coco is not saved. Coco does what she wants to do. Tupac I have trained him well. So if I say, if I open the gate or I open the front door, I could look at Tupac and he would just sit there and wait in front of the door like, like the good boy, he a good, he's a good boy, like the good boy he is. Coco? Coco been running away from my house for the last, Coco ungrateful. Coco so ungrateful, I, I, show, I show her like the PETA commercials with the dogs and then they, be, they play the song in the background, in the arms of an angel. I say, Coco, you look at this. You look at it because you're ungrateful. You run away every time you get the chance. You see these dogs? These dogs ran away. You getting good food, you got a bed, you got AC, and you keep running away. Coco ungrateful. And Co Co like, I'm not even kidding, Coco ran away last Wednesday. It drives me, it drives me crazy. Like, I'm always, like, on the lookout on if this dog's going to run away or not. And I ran around the neighborhood. I finally found Coco. And, she, and see, this, this is the dumb part. When Coco run away, what, what bothers me about Coco is she's a house dog. She run away. It was hot. She was like, hey. I'm like, what you run away for? You run away from the comfort. What's wrong with you? I saw an obedience thing. On, on, on TV, I was like, oh, I'm about to train Coco now. And I saw, I saw, I saw like a hand gesture that the obedience trainer did. He's like, when you walk out your door, you got to go like this, like this, because it, it, it provides like an like a invisible shield so the dog knows not to run. So I'm like, all right, Coco, I got something for you. I'm about to train you. And so when Coco, I opened the door and I'm like, all right, Coco, no, I do that. I'm like, no, just like that. I said, no, right? Coco looked at me. She looked at the door. She looked at me. She looked at the door. She looked at me. She was like, pew, she was gone. Co Coco don't care. Once Coco sees an open door, Coco is off to the races. She don't care what is beyond that door. She just says, if the door is open, I'm going to walk through it. The problem is, too many people of us are living in a cage with the door open and we still don't move. Coco understands freedom. An open door is an invitation for freedom. And God did not open the doors of a prison in your life to watch you stay in the cage. He opened the doors. And he says, go, and the apostles immediately move. And as believers, you don't have to stay in a prison that a jealous enemy has put you in. Get out. If you live in a prison of doubt, get out and live a life of faith. If you live in a prison of fear today, get out and live a life 
of courage. If you live in a prison of poverty today, get out and live a life of prosperity. If you live in a prison of hate today, get out and live a life of love. Do not let the law keep you in a place that God has already freed you from. Too many believers, we get saved and we go back and do the same nonsense because you say, I'm not free of this. God, open the door. Run when he opens the door. You may not be certain about what's on the other side, but freedom is always better than living in a cage. The law is jealous of grace because the law wants to lock you up when grace wants you to live in freedom. But secondly, the law is confused by grace. The law is confused by grace. Look at Acts 5, 22 through 25. It says, but on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. They were gone like Coco. Here we go. So they went back and reported. We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the door. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief of priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. Man, (laughs) I love that. They get, they get, like most criminals, when they get caught, they don't go back to the scene of the crime. But the disciples, (laughs) hey, uh, uh, the angel, I, the angel walked. He was like, "Hey, y'all get out! Hey, God said go back and do what y'all was gonna do." They get out. They go back. Like how how crazy do you have to be? How wild do you have to be to go back to the scene of the crime? I just want somebody to understand this. You have to understand that the law is confused by grace. And the easiest way to confuse the enemy is to go back to what you were doing right before he stopped you. Listen to this, man. I want you to understand why. Because if he stops you one way and it doesn't work, guess what? He's got to try to come up with another plan. You see, the issue is so many times as believers... We hit a roadblock in our faith and we give up. And then when we try to come back, the enemy, he hits us with the exact same tactic because you allowed it to work the first time. Let me tell you something, man, I can't get over my, my, um, my pornography addiction. You know why it keeps working? Because you keep allowing it to work. His tactic worked on you the first time, so he's going to keep on doing it. Oh, I can't, I, I, I can't get over my, my, my gossip. The enemy's going to use the same tactic on you because you keep allowing it to work in your life. Oh, I, 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 can't, I can't stop being angry and hating on everybody because that's what was done to me. Guess what? The enemy knows that too. He knows what he needs to do to take you off of your game. So he's going to continue to do that because you're allowing it to keep working. What am I trying to say? Some of us have become so predictable. 
predictable to the enemy. What the disciples did was the most unpredictable thing anybody could have imagined because instead of running away when they met trouble, they ran right back up in trouble's face and said, send trouble my way because my God is going to protect me no matter what. Let me tell you something. Your consistency in Christ will confuse the enemy. When you get up and tuck tail, when you have an issue with the enemy, then every time you have an issue, he's going to keep you in the same issue to stop you but in the issue comes and you go out and you say you know what your issue didn't work on me last time it ain't worked the time before because I'm going to keep on going back to doing the same thing that I was doing before you tried to stop me the last time that is confusing not only is it confusing it is frustrating to the enemy because your consistency in Christ confuses the enemy I want to live a life that makes the devil mad every day. I want him to be confused. I, I want him to be like, man, I threw everything I had at Terrence and it still didn't stop him. Yeah. I messed up his relationships and he, he goes back to forgive people. Yeah. I took his job away and he goes back home with joy. I, I, I gave him the sickness and he still goes back to church believing that by the blood of Jesus, he's gonna be healed. I took everything that he had and he still went back to trusting God. I, 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 want, I want the enemy to be like, you know what? I, I, I can't even deal with him anymore. I'm going to go mess with somebody else. Yeah. Your consistency in Christ will confuse the enemy. And I want my commitment to Christ and my consistency and my calling to be confusing to the author of confusion. That's all the devil is. He wants to confuse you. If you want to use his tactics against him, go back to what God called you to do before the enemy stopped you from doing it. Man, the enemy needs to be put on notice. I'm determined not to be defeated. Some of us believers, we give up so easy. Are you determined not to be defeated? The devil doesn't defeat determined disciples. Are you determined not to be defeated today? When, when the doors of the prison are open and God sets you free, will you go back? See, some of y'all, I say that right now and you get scared when I say that because you remember the time in your life where you had faith bigger than a mustard seed and you were moving mountains. You remember the time in your life where you saw miracles happening like crazy, but you allowed the enemy to get you off your game and you step back because it's safe and it's comfortable. But when I say you got to go back to doing what God called you to do, it scares some of you because you know the price that you're going to pay. You know what comes with it. But I promise you, there is no price that you will pay that our God cannot say you from there is no consequence that is in front of you that our God cannot save you from if he called you to it he will see you through it so instead of running and tucking tail and allowing the enemy to confuse your calling you confuse the author of confusion by going back to what God called you to do before the enemy confused you I want you to understand the law is always confused by grace but finally the law is scared of grace. It's terrified of it. The law is scared of grace. Acts 5, 26 says, At that, the captain went to his officers and brought the apostles. 
They did not use force. <laughs> I love that. They did not use force because they feared the people would stone them. Did y'all hear that? They were scared of the apostles. And they were scared because they thought the people would stone them. When, they, when, the, when the captain of the guard came to arrest the apostles and to pull them back up again for, doing, for going back to the scene of the crime, they were terrified that the people would stone them so they did not use force. I could, I could imagine the picture. I could imagine the scene that day. Oh, excuse me, sirs. Like, like, like the, the, <laughs> the officers turned into straight punks. They said, excuse me, sir. Could, could you please come with us? Could you please? Could you, could you imagine that? Could you, could you please come with us, sirs? Nope, you know, it's okay if you don't want to, but could you please? Could you please come with us? Here's what I want you to know. You can't force God's anointed. You cannot. When you are anointed, you don't move on anyone's terms but God's. Now look at what the Bible says. I love this. Look at what Peter says, 5, 529, Acts 529. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. My goodness gracious. We must obey God rather than human beings. Grace will never submit to the law, but the law must always submit to grace. It must submit to grace. And I, I say that boldly, but I want you to understand what it means when you say that. That statement has a lot of baggage attached to it. That's, that, it's, it's a cool preaching statement that, you know, grace will never submit to the law, but the law must submit to grace. That's a cool thing to say, but it's a weighted statement. And this is not a statement that is made out of convenience. This is a statement made out of conviction. I'm going to tell you why. Because when you believe that the law must submit to grace, you have to understand that we live in a society that if you don't agree with the agenda, you become an outcast. You gotta, be, you gotta be comfortable with not being liked by everybody. You gotta be comfortable with being talked about. You gotta be comfortable with being disowned by some people. You gotta be comfortable with being distanced from others because when you don't agree with the agenda, people, they won't wanna have respect for what you believe because they're going to allow the status quo to trump what you believe. But I'm not going to live in fear because God's grace, it demands respect out of the law. I don't care how many friends I lose in the process. God's grace on my life will demand the respect of the law. I don't care how many business opportunities I lose because of my faith. God's grace will demand respect at all times. I love this because not only does grace demand respect, it gets attention. Look at what happens after the, the apostles are brought back in front of the Pharisees. Look what happens. One, there's a standout. His name is Gamaliel, very wise man, a very respected man among the law, among the religious scholars of the day. See, as a peer to the Pharisees, they respected the word of this man. And he says, hey, um, could y'all let the apostles go outside for a second? Send disciples outside. Let me, let me have a word with my brethren. Let me have a word with my fellow Pharisees real quick. And 
he tells them about two men, one named Thutis and the other one named Judas of Galilee, Judas the Galilean, not the same Judas that betrayed Jesus. It says both of these men had uprisings and hundreds of men were involved in these uprisings. And when they died, the people that followed them scattered. So he says, he says this, look at this in Acts 5, 38, 39. He says, therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, exclamation point. He was emphatic about it. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. People won't mess with you when they know who you're with. I'll never forget um, when Valencia was really young. She's like a preteen now, and you know she lives with that that preteen angst. You know she's like too cool for everything. I love her. She's beautiful. She's awesome. But when she was like little, she was, a, she was four years old, and I never forget. Um, I used to walk her to class um, every day. You know, like she's a little four year old, she used to grab my little hand. Hi, daddy. Like she had like a little squeaky voice, and I used to walk her to her to her first class when she was in pre K. And she went to a private school, so it was like pre-K all the way to eighth grade. You know, it was one of those schools that had the, all the ranges of kids. I used to walk to a little class, and I see her, you know, she had a little, you know, a little uh, 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 uniform on. She was so cute, man. Oh, man, I remember those days like they were yesterday. I feel like time is just flying on me. And one day I was walking her to class, and I could tell it was some little boys. They, they had to be, I don't know, they might have been in like third or fourth grade, you know. And they, they, they walked up to her because, you know, I, I'm trying to be like good dad and cool dad at the same time. So I wouldn't like walk her to the door of her class. I would like stay at the end of the hallway and I just watch, you know, make sure she got there. You know, she's like, hey, daddy. Ha, ha. And I saw these two little boys walk up to her, probably fourth or fifth grade. And they said, they said, hey, Valencia. First of all, I'm like, hold on. You fourth or fifth grade. How you even know my daughter's name? She pre- how, how you even know? How you know? How you know who my child is? Okay, I'm locked and loaded. I listen. I don't know karate. I know Ching Ching Pow. Okay, so l- l- just listen. Okay, like how y'all know who my child is? All right. Um. Says, hey, Valencia. How you doing? She's like, good. Cause I teach my baby girl. I say, hey, you say hi to everybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they. Hey, you say hello. You you have manners. She's like, hi. And they're like, Valencia, give me five. And I saw them. They was going like this. And I was like, oh, man, I don't think this is going to end well. And she was like, ha. And she's excited because, you know, the older kids want to give her five. She's like, ha. I saw it happening in slow motion. She's like, ha. And it was like, whoa. They, they pulled the hand back. And my baby girl's hand went past. She, she caught nothing. She caught air. And it was like, psych. I'm sitting there. And I'm like, oh. Snap. Y'all done mess with the wrong child today. And I said, hey! <laughs> I probably, listen, man, I'll, be, I'll beat other people's kids. I don't care, man. Spit a Ross for the child, okay? I said, hey! And it was like, hoo, 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 hoo. you know, <laughs> little, boy, little boys are dumb. They did. I said, hey! They said, yes. I said, hey, come here! Yell, I was yelling at people, kids. I didn't care. I was, I was a new parent. I ain't care. I ain't, I'm sure that, you know, you know come, come at me, bro. Okay, whatever. I ain't care. I was yelling at people, kids. 
<laughs> I made all three of them come here. Vava, two little boys. I said, hey, did, did y'all just psych my little girl out? And I was like, uh, uh. They were nervous. They didn't know what to say. I said, I saw what y'all did. I said, that, that, that's not going to work with me. I said, because that's rude, man. Like, like she ain't, I was like, did she do something to y'all? Just like, no. I was like, why y'all play her like that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, hey, let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going we gonna to do that whole thing again. We're going to rewind. We're going to replay that whole scenario. And y'all can say, hey, Valencia. And she's going to say, hey. And when y'all couldn't give a five, it's going to be a connection this time. And they replayed the whole thing in front of me. They was like, hi, Valencia. <laughs> she's like, hey, guys. Like, she's like, yeah. like, she was young, but she was still embarrassed. She's like, hey. She's like, can we have five? She's like, yes. He's like, and they did it. I said, man, see that? That's nice. That's, that's the way you treat people. That's, that's the way you do things. And I said, I said, when you, I said, if you ever see my child again, if you, if you, if you ever want to approach my child again, when you greet her, greet her. Don't, don't play her because that's not fair. Y'all are old enough. Y'all should know better. Let me tell you something. When them little boys was done, they ran off so fast, but they remembered me because every day I would come and I would see and anytime they came up to Valencia, they looked and they saw me and they made sure that that hand connected each and every time. See, when they realized who I was, they ain't mess with my baby anymore. What I want you to understand is the truth is people won't mess with you when they know who your father is want you to hear me today church people will be very cautious when they understand whose child that they are messing with you see as a dad if you mess with my kid you mess with me you're gonna have a big problem with me and there's people that have been so beaten down and bullied in their life by life situations because life situations have never been properly introduced to their father. I want you to understand that it's time to let the enemy know who your father is so that you can get the respect that a child of God deserves. You have to understand that the law is scared of grace because the law understands who the father of grace is. And the law must give full, utter attention and respect to the grace that is on the children of God because God is a father. And if you mess with God, you mess with his children. I love what the Bible goes on to say in Acts 5, 40 through 42. It says that Gamaliel, his speech persuaded them. And they called the apostles in. And had them flogged. Wait, Pastor, I thought you said I was going to be respected. Had them flogged. And they ordered them not to speak the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. If you look at that, that passage, that N in name is capital. There's only one name that it's referring to. They had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name I'll fill in the blank of Jesus day after day 
in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Let me tell you something. They thought they were worthy because they got their butts whooped in the name of Jesus. And I want somebody to hear me loud and clear when I say this. Just because you're taking a beating in life doesn't mean you're not winning. Listen to me, man. Some of us feel so beat. I can't even lie to you. There's some days, man, especially in this year that we just had, that I felt so beat up. But don't allow the fact that you feel like you've been beaten make you feel like you're not winning. They were winning. You see, the more the world pushes back on us believers, the more we're called to push forward in the world. If the world is coming down on you, rejoice. It just means that the world sees you the same way that it saw Jesus. Do you expect to get treated any better than he did while he was here? If they crucified him, what you think they're going to do to you? If you call on his name, you see, when grace goes wild in your life, persecution becomes the highest form of promotion for God's people. So how do you know that? Because I believe what 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 12 says, and I'll read it in the message version, but we have been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been torn down, but we have not been broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives and our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake which makes Jesus' life all the more evident within us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. I'm going to say that again. While you're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. You see the same grace that was evident in the early church is alive and it is well today and the cause of Christ continues to grow through us in our current persecution and when we go through our worst never forget men and women of God that we are actually living at our best because his grace has gone wild in our life and if we can trust the grace of God even when things are at their worst know you are living at your best I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you say, Pastor, you shouting and you spitting a lot. I'm going through the fire. Count yourself as worthy. Count yourself as worth. Just because you're taking a beating doesn't mean you're not winning. And if you're a person that doesn't know Jesus, let me tell you something. You're taking a beating for the wrong things. Because if you know Jesus, Every blow that I take is worth it because there's nothing that I'll face that has been greater than what he has already faced for me. When grace goes wild in your life, the law 
will be jealous of you. The law, it'll be confused by you. And the law will be scared of you because of the grace that's overflowing in your life. I don't know who needs to hear this message today, but you say, man, I need that grace you're talking about. Well, Jesus, here's the good news. He died on the cross so that we would all have access to grace gone wild. Well, we have to make a choice to receive this grace that no matter how bad life beats you up, you can walk empowered. No matter what the world says about you, no matter what the world does to you, you still win because you know Jesus. With every head bowed and eye closed, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you say, I want that grace you're talking about, Pastor. Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, that's it. You're saved. You are saved by faith through grace. And that grace covers you. And that grace protects you. And that grace helps you stand up when the world tells you to sit down. That grace, that Holy Spirit inside of you will give you the right words to say when you don't know what else to say, when you don't know what else to pray, when you don't know what else to do. His grace will cover you. All you have to do is accept what he did for you. I want somebody to hear me that because grace got out, that because grace has gone wild, the doors of the prison of your life are open. All you have to do is walk out in freedom by accepting the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. On the count of three, you say, that's you. I want that grace. I don't care where you are care what you've been into. I don't care what you did before you watched this. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care where you were last night. Grace covers a multitude of sin. There's nothing you can do that God's grace cannot cover. On the count of three, I want Jesus in your life. Here we go. Count of three. I need Jesus so I can operate in his grace because I want grace to go wild in my life. Here we go. Count of three. I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. One, two, three. Hold it up. I can't see it, man. God can. God can. Wherever you are, God can see it. Not only can he see your hand, this is the thing about God, he can see your heart. That's all that matters. You want grace to go wild in your life? You got to accept Jesus. That's the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through him. If you raise your hand like this, oh, heaven is cheering you on there, smiling down on you. Here's the next part. You're going to confess like the, like the word says, and you're going to believe. The words are empty if you don't believe them in your heart. Say it, mean it. Say it mean it. I want everybody, everybody to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. Not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. I ask you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You said that today. Let me tell you something. You are a brand new creation and grace is running wild through your veins 
right now. You don't have to live ashamed. You can be bold because the power of Christ is all over you. And man, I'm telling you, you have set yourself up to spend eternity with him. But while you're down here on this earth, you got a grace in you that confuses the enemy. You got a grace in you that terrifies the enemy. And you got a grace in you that the enemy is jealous of. Grace is going wild in your life. I'm so proud of you. I say this all the time. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but man, the Bible says that when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. The angels are out. The choir is clapping. They are singing. Angels are breakdancing. Man, they just polished the streets of gold just for you. I'm telling you, there is a party on your behalf. So family, help me out on Zoom, on on, on Facebook, on YouTube, on the website. Start hitting those hearts, start, start hitting those likes, start hitting those, those claps. And if I can see you on your camera, shake your camera on the count of three, we gonna turn up because we celebrate salvation at Cool Church. Here we go. One, two, three. Yes, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for our brothers and sisters that have allowed grace to go wild in their life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I hope that fires somebody up to date. Thank y'all. I love y'all. Y'all are awesome. Hey, if you made that decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, you can text the word cool fam, one word, C-O-O-L-F-A-M to 1-833-675-9430. One of our team will connect with you. You can even type, I met Jesus today or grace went wild in my life today. Um, and one of our team or online hosts will connect with you. Uh, got a little special gift that we want to make sure that you get, man. We love you. If nobody told you we love you, but more than that, God loves you. Get ready. Next week, some of y'all say, man, I feel like grace is running wild in my life. Let me tell you something. You want to take that grace to another level? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Next week, I'm starting a brand new series all about the power of the Holy Spirit. It might be weird, but it's necessary. Let me tell you something. You believe that Jesus rose from the dead. That's already weird. So you might as well accept the Holy Spirit so that it can have power in your life. Family, I love y'all so much, man. We keep praying for you. Love you. Reach towards me. Let me bless you before you go. Father God, I thank you for the greatest people in the world. People of Cool Church, bless them as they rise up, as they lie down, as they go out, as they come in, they're laboring in their leisure, surrounding with your presence. And God, I pray that this week of their life will be the best week of their life. And I can't wait till we get to meet physically every week once again. God, we might be taking licks right now, but it's okay. We're still winning. We know that you're with us and you're going to bring us back when you're ready. Because we're ready. We're waiting on you to provide the space. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Love y'all so much, family. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.